The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Just between us. Hey! Just between us. I'm a writer, director, and pretty good French braider. And I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, weak, and big fat baby. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm scared of the mouse in my house. Oh, yes. So you have a, a mouse currently in your house? Yes. Uh, well, I saw it um, last night, and I went, ooh! Uh, and then, <laughs> ooh! Ooh! I'm not that scared of it. I'm mostly fine. Uh, I don't, I think it can live there. I just didn't want it to, I didn't want to see its poops, which I saw today. Mm. And so I set traps. So mostly I don't think I'm scared of the mouse. I'm scared of coming home after this recording to see what's in the traps. However, they are not kill traps because, and this might dovetail into me being a big fat baby. I'm, I don't want to kill the mouse. No, why would you kill the mouse? Yeah, I didn't want to kill it. That'd be terrible. I'm so scared of it being in the trap. Like if I get, I want it in the trap, but like if I get home and it is in the trap, I will be scared. Then I have to like pick up the trap and like let Uh the mouse free. But like, I don't know. Where are you going to let it go? I don't know. Just right outside. It comes right back in. Well, yeah, the little like paper said you have to drop it off two miles away. What am I going to, I'm going to drive two miles with a live mouse in my car? This is a little baby mouse. It's no big deal. I know. The poop is gross. Yeah, that where, was the where only was part. Where was the poop in your house? It was just right next to um my dog, like the thing with my dog's food. Oh, great. <laughs> so I think it was just like snacking, little yeah. mouse snack. Oh, wow. But like I noticed it immediately and then, or yesterday, um, and I only found the poops today. So it hasn't lived there long. Okay. But I I hope that I don't panic if when I see it. I mean, I've I, it's weird because like you see mice in the pet store and you're like, oh, and you hold them. I felt fine seeing a mouse at Petco. Yeah, but you held it? I've held people's mice. Like, my two friends have pet rats. Oh, okay. But then for some... And I had a pet rat as a child. Oh, all right. There you go. But then, now, for some reason, a, a loose mouse is well, it's scary. A, it's a wild mouse. Yeah. So you don't know what diseases they have. That's the issue. You think? Well, I know that's a big problem with rats. I don't know how much it is with, with mice. We had a pet rat... Um, growing up, and I think that's a very specific type of girl, is like rat girl. Mm, I had a snake. You did? Uh-huh. It was named Fluffy, and it shit on my mom. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? This is Just Between Us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games. And brutal honesty. My rat's name was Midnight. Oh, that's nice. My snake's name was Fluffy, as I said. Well, that's that's a level of irony that is... Pretty good for however old I was. Yeah. But we eventually, after it shit on my mom, we gave it back to some guy at Petco. Does, um, did it have to eat live mi- mice? We gave it frozen mice. Ah! I know. So now I really feel like if I had a mouse in my house, I'd have to s- save its life because I've killed so many. Oh and my then- God. You're like, um, okay, on the TV show Bones, the uh, character. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I hate the TV show Bones. 
It is one of the worst shows I've ever seen. My parents make me watch it all the time, and I, I find it unbearable. I love Bones. You know what Ooh. I love? I love the show Monk. Okay, really? I'm, An accurate portrayal of OCD? I mean, I don't think it's accurate how everyone treats him. <laughs> and I don't think that he has a great shrink, but I'm into it. Yeah, what we're good at here is talking about TV shows that haven't been on for years. Uh-huh. And what else we're good at is having an exciting episode for you this week. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking to scam goddess Lacey Mosley, asking about scams, how to not get scammed, and how to be a scammer. And later, we're going to talk all about porn. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in between? But first, <laughs> hit it! International question! International question! International question! Jamie, New York, but not the city. Jamie from New York, but not the city, wants to know, how do you know if you're ready for love? Mm-hmm. She further explains, how can you tell if you're actually interested in pursuing someone romantically versus just going through a momentary crush thing and romanticizing them? Oh, boy. She says, I've never been in an actual relationship, but I frequently develop little lust crushes on people. Sure. I'm used to that, but every once in a while, I'll kind of fall for someone. I recently hung out with this guy, and it was nice. We spent the whole night together talking and making out. We barely even slept. It just felt like we had real chemistry. Unfortunately, I tend to do this thing where I feel like being treated nice one time means that it's meant to be. I often fall pretty hard for people, and then when things tend to head in a romantic direction, I realize I don't actually want anything serious. I like the idea of being in love, and I eat up all that rom-com bullshit, but I'm not sure how to tell if I'm ready to be in some sort of real romantic relationship. Is there a way to tell if something is meant to be serious or not? Like, how can I tell who's worth pursuing? Oh my god, this is so hard. Well, there's so many different layers to these questions. Because you can't know until you're, like, in it. <laughs> I I mean, I, we've talked about this before, so I shall bring it up again. Um, but in terms of attachment styles, there is a, a void in attachment, which is basically, like, as soon as things get to be more intimate, you're no longer interested in the relationship and you want to run for the hills. Right, right, right. So let's assume... For variety's sake, that that's not really what's going on here. Yeah. And that maybe Jamie's just not sure what it, it should feel like to be in a relationship because she's never had one. That's what makes I'm saying. Sense. Yeah, like if you've never been in a relationship and then it starts to get more serious and you're you're like, oh, no, danger, danger, danger. But it's actually just new. Or you're like, this is it. You know? Yeah. Especially if you're saying, like, I'm, I eat up all that rom-com bullshit. You know, I think if you haven't actually, like, had... 300 lunches with the same person mm-hmm, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. sat in traffic with them dozens of times like you might have this idea of like what a relationship should feel like and that like every moment of the relationship you should just be so jazzed right and having the best time ever which you can there is something to be said for like a someone who can make uh anything fun like uh, my partner right now has something called the airport test where it's like if you would make being delayed at the airport fun, then that's a person that you should be with. Totally. But there is the minutia in the day to day of being in a relationship that the rom-com doesn't show and also cuts off like the two people get together and then it's like clearly they were meant to be uh, and then it's done. Whereas like meant to be uh, that that struck me because it's a being in a relationship is a choice. Mm-hmm. Like this whole thing of like, of like, well, how do I know like who's worth pursuing? How do I know if something's meant to be serious? You just decide. Right. Like I th- I think that you have potentially 
an unrealistic point of view of what it will mean to be in love. Right. You know, like that it would be that the, it will be so clear to you mm-hmm. that you will have no doubts. Everybody has doubts, you know, yes. like and, and if you're actually like going into a thing logically, then there should be some things that stick out to you. You should say, OK, so this person is different from me this way. Is that something I'm worth putting up with? Yeah. You know, is this like I think it can be helpful for you to maybe like make a list of the things that you are looking for in a partner. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet someone that you're interested in, be like, okay, how do they measure up to my list? And I'm not like talking about like make six figures or, you know, it's things like, do they like going out all the time when I like to stay home all the time? Right. You know, like, is your compatible lifestyle? Are they kind? Are they respectful of their family? You know, like mm-hmm. things that like are true to your values. And then you can see like, okay, so this this makes logical sense because a lot of relationships is actually just like logic. <laughs> There's also nothing wrong with having your little lust crushes or flings or one night stands. Like you don't have to be in a relationship. There's nothing wrong with you or broken about you. Like you can do these little things and you don't have to, like if something is just a fling, you don't have to like make yourself feel better by being like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not just a fling. It's It's a real relationship. You don't have to like turn something into something it isn't. And honestly, if you're wondering, am I am I ready to be in love? Maybe not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, That's like, what I mean. You just like I feel like what you were talking about was more like forcing it with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. But you might just like not be ready for anybody right yeah. now. Like you just might not be in the right place to be in a relationship, and that's totally fine. Um, also, being treated nice one time. Uh, you're future tripping. So like you're not in the moment. You're being like, oh my God, they were so great this one time. That means that they're going to be great forever and every time and that they have to be perfect. And it's like, sometimes they're going to be good and sometimes they're going to be shitty. And like, it's, you have to just accept like, oh, that was a lovely evening we had. I would love to do it again. I would love to pursue, maybe go on another date or pursue like more or make out again or whatever. But like, you can't be like, oh, we had a lovely time. So that means in 40 years we'll be together. And like, this really jumps out at me from from your email. I like the idea of being in love, but I'm not sure how to tell if I'm ready to be in some sort of real romantic relationship. Yes. My gut is you're just probably not, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it is a lot of work to be in a relationship. It's it's if you've never been in one, it's going to change your day to day life a lot. It's a different style of living. You know, you're now responsible for someone else's feelings. You're constant. You have to check in with someone. It's just like a different way to go about the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily better than not being in one. Yeah. I mean, there's there's benefits to both. And obviously, like, but you can get you can run away with it. Right. Like you can be like, oh, my like, here's the thing. Right. You're like, oh, my God, I had one really great date with someone. I'm in love. This is serious. You can't possibly know it's going to be serious. You can't possibly know you're in love until you've spent more time together. So, like, it's kind of a catch 22. where You're like, am I ready to be in a relationship? And it's like, I think if you like the person, you got to just go through go it's the only way out is through like you gotta like go through the thing and see like is is this gonna work is this gonna make sense like you don't have to jump to immediately we're in love you or like we're immediately meant to be we're immediately soulmates you have to like give it like a a few weeks of like just dating and like seeing you know is this are they nice to the waiter like do they do they smell nice like you know what I mean like give it a little bit of time you're not gonna like meet someone and immediately be like oh the one, you know? 
I feel like a good rule of thumb is to just take it day by day and say, wake up in the morning and say, do I still want to be dating this person today? Mm -hmm. And then the next day, do I still want to be dating this person today? And so then you don't feel like you're like signing yourself up for some long term thing when you're like terrified that it'll fizzle out for you after two weeks. You know, you can't predict. You're just taking it day by day. And then, you know, you might get to a place where you're like, you know what? I am ready to be in a relationship. But there's no absolutely no reason to force that until it's happened. This is the problem is that because of the rom-com stuff and loving the idea of being in love, it could lead to leading someone on where it could lead to acting super romantic when then and then after a few weeks being like, oh, you know what? No. Mm -hmm. So like try to be a little moderate. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think uh, recognize that a lot of what you're feeling is like chemical (laughs) oh new relationship energy yeah and it's you know and it's gonna take a little while to see if it is actually a right fit or not but as gabby said you can enjoy that chemical phase too just don't lead the other person on yeah in the first six months you're basically on drugs so don't make any serious decisions (laughs) it's true and if you're under 26 your brain's not even formed so good luck to everybody oh my god if you want to submit your international questions, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Coming up next, we have scam goddess herself, Lacey Mosley. Stick around. Just between us. Hey. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Just between us, it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions! Our guest this week is Lacey Mosley, who's the host of my new favorite podcast, Scam Goddess, which I'm obsessed with because there's a lot of true crime podcasts about murder, but this is a true crime podcast about scams. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. What an honor and a privilege. Uh, Have you ever been scammed yourself? Oh, of course. Wait, tell us. through it. Um, well, this one was like a a long term, like kind of emotional scam that I didn't know was being run on me. But my last roommate, the reason that I moved out and lived by myself, um, she was a con artist, and I kind of like knew she was like a little bit of a con artist. And I was like, I was like, that's cute. Like we go to the club together, we lot of people. You know, this is fun. It was just for entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, what was she scamming people at the club about? I mean, you go to the club, you scam people to get in the club, you scam to get into VIP. Mm-hmm, just, it's just like you're scamming for like free alcohol and stupid status. It does sure. not matter. And so we were roommates for years and she never really like had a job like she like she she had like I know this roommate I have had this roommate <laughs> she had more like ideas of a job you know if a job was like an essence or a vibe yeah okay the she vibe, the vibe of it. <laughs> now listen so she got money but, yeah. she, but she never really just had I, w- I could never if she left something I couldn't be like oh let me just run down to her job you, know? <laughs> you didn't know where she I was I never would know where that would be 
So this was what she would do for years, right? And she knew I was, like, hustling in the acting game. And, like, finally some things had kind of paid off. And, like, I was starting to work in TV and stuff. And I didn't realize, but it was, like, kind of counting my money. And I went out of town to shoot my show, uh, Florida Girls, the first season. And she just stopped paying her rent. <gasps> what? Yes. I came back to town. And she had told me one check got lost in the mail because she was, okay, I don't know if I can say this. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to say it. She was a um, body double for the mass Singer. See, just random Wait, jobs. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? The, the mass Singer, they're they, fully they're body hidden. Doubles? Why do they need a body double? They're fully hidden. Sometimes I don't want to be in that hot ass suit. Right, it's because they don't want to stand there. So they're just singing off stage, and the person is lip syncing in the suit. I think when they shoot those people, like it is them in the suit. But sometimes they do photo ops. Sometimes they show uh, up at events, and it's like you know, Adrian that, Ballone ain't going to the event in the penguin suit or whatever. Like that you know, is so they funny. Have somebody for that. Okay, okay. So you were like, that's a job. Yeah. So she stopped paying the rent while you were gone. Yeah. So she said that this, uh, this job. I've never told this story. Oh my god. Um, she said that this. This job just didn't send her the check-in time or whatever. And, uh-huh. like, sometimes, you know, as actors, like, sometimes yeah. it's a net 45, which is crazy, mm-hmm. or a net 30, like, which means, like, you get paid in 30 days or 45 days or two weeks, you know. Right. So I was like, oh, you know, that sucks. But that's all she made it seem like. So I come back to our apartment. Our landlord is very forgiving because I'm pretty sure he was in the cartel. Um <laughs> So he just never really seemed pressed by when we pay him. I come back and I'm like, hey, I want to like get a washer and dryer in here and like kind of upgrade the place and we'll just stay here. And he was like, okay, well, first you got to pay the rent. And I was like, wait, what? You're like, haven't we been? So had you been paying your half of the rent to her for her to pay the full amount? No. So we pay the rent individually to him. Okay. But as far as I'm known, like normally he'll email or something if somebody's behind and he includes everyone. So we know. And there was three of us in the apartment. So I was like, wait, oh, she was probably late on this one month. Like, yeah, I know about that, but we'll take care of that. He was like, one month? No, she's three months behind on rent. But you and the other girl were up to date. No, one of the other girls was like, uh, was like, half of the rent off. I was like, what kind of shit is going on in here? And, like, a mess. And <laughs> what killed me was my landlord was like, you know, this has happened for quite a few years, like the other roommate especially. So I already went and drew up eviction papers. So I came back to, like, my ass about to be evicted. Even though oh it's not your God. fault. No, but it's all three of us are responsible. And so basically, if I didn't pay, that was going to damage my credit right, reporting. Right. It was going to damage my chances of getting my own place. I was like, what? She just thought maybe, well, let's let this play out. Let's well, let- it was a scam. I didn't realize that she just assumed that I was going to pay for all of this. Oh. And so I kind of waited because I was like, well, you don't have any way to like get this money together. And she was like, oh, no. And I was like, why don't you feel bad? Why are you not stressed? I'm like, if I was three months behind mm-hmm. on rent, like I would be tearing my hair out and I would definitely be out here in these streets uh, doing whatever the fuck. You right. know what I mean? Like picking up trash, like whatever I got to <laughs> do to kind make of rent. That's kind of the scammer's thing is to not feel any emotion or bad mm-hmm. and to just like not react to what's going on. Right. And they just know that people with empathy and people who are responsible, you know, are going to take care of the situation. Right. So after I talked to her about how she lacked, you know, any kind of remorse, the next day she was like, oh, you know, my stomach's been killing me. Like, I'm just so stressed about this rent thing. She's like acting the way a human should act. (laughs) She's like, oh, she picked up some cues. Compute. Okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pay it. She does end up paying me back, like in some installments, but she pays me back. And then cut to... (laughs) 
I go to Vegas for a weekend with my Herald team, which is the nerdiest thing ever, but it was so fun. Okay. Which is an improv team. Mm-hmm. through Improv team through UCB Theater. Right. I need yeah. to explain. <laughs> it's so nerdy. Um, I come back. And we'd kicked the other roommate out, right? I'm paying double rent to keep this room open because I was just like, I don't want to live with anyone else. And our rent wasn't crazy expensive. So I was like, I'd just rather do this for a year and then I'll get my own place. Mm -hmm. I come back and she has moved her brother into the extra room in the apartment. And he's not paying anything. No. (laughs) Had you ever met the brother? Yes. And here's the reason I was pissed is that I already knew he was a schemer. He's like a cute guy. He's one of those guys who's like gotten around like just like kind of using women with his looks. And she kind of had been telling me how he she was helping him go from Airbnb to Airbnb. Okay. I've been trying to prime up that she was going to try to move his ass in here. Oh, my God. Under the assumption that he would not pay any rent. Eventually, she was like, oh, he could chip in. I'm like, no, he would have to pay the full thing. And also, I told you I didn't want any more roommate. <laughs> so what did you... I'm shocked. I'm sorry, but I'm a little shocked that after you came back and you found out that she hadn't paid for three months that you were like, we're cool. Let's keep living together. And see, that's see, that's how I told you. I've been scammed. I was a mark. Because yeah. I should have, like, we'd been friends, quote unquote, right. living together yeah. for three years at that point. Uh, so I thought, see, like, I thought the other roommate was the more trifling one. And I thought when we got her out of the picture that it would be mm-hmm. better. And Lacey has empathy. That's the thing that you get you get scammed on is like you're the person who's like oh my god I, I can fix this yeah like, but I'm that so was sorry. stupid of me and if I had <laughs> said it out loud to anybody like Allison like my mom anybody like they would have been like yeah no girl what'd you do about the brother <laughs> so <laughs> why does the story get so crazy so I have a conversation with her where she's like gaslighting me and lying about the whole situation and she was like he didn't move in he just moved all the stuff from his car like into the room <laughs> Bitch, everything he owns was in the car. Guess what? If you move everything you own in somewhere, you moved in. <laughs> I could not believe this shit. That I was is so funny. So her mom was staying at the apartment at the time that all this happened. Now, her mom was only visiting. She told me her mom was going to visit. When my okay. mom visits, she gets a hotel. But I understand everybody ain't able. Right. And so she's visiting at the apartment. I was like, well, we need to have these conversations when your mom's not here because this is too much. Like, you yeah. just moved your brother in. Your mom's here, whatever. You're living with her whole family. <laughs> whole family <laughs> had moved her whole family in on me and I did not understand the magnitude because when she kind of like pressured me into having a conversation while her mother was still there but her mom like went into the room so I told her I was like I really feel like you use people her mom and I, this is a calm conversation at this point she was mm-hmm. gaslighting me whatever I'm cutting out the uninteresting stuff her mom comes out of the room and is like my daughter isn't a user oh, oh my god and uh, I don't know you can't hear this over the air but I'm black and I specifically pay rent so that white people don't yell at me at my home. Um, <laughs> that is when I, when I pay the money. I'm like, they're not going to come in here, right? And yell at me. And they're not going to kill me. So, and that's, you know, it's not working out too good for us blacks. Um, but she's yelling at me at my home. So I'm running away in the hallway. Uh, <laughs> it's a very long hallway because I'm like, I'm not having this conversation. I'm like, I'm going to my room that's at oh the end God. of the hallway. I wake up the next day and tell my mom about the altercation because her mom was like yelling at me. And she's like, you need to get out of there and you're going to have mm-hmm. to break the lease. Like, just cut your losses. This is crazy. They're all listening at the front of my door. And I had no idea. And I'm not talking loud. I'm not, like, hiding. But I'm not, you know. Do you think they had, like, a cup up against it so they could hear better? Girl. So then I'm just getting, like, come out here, you fucking bitch. This is my roommate. Fuck you. She was like, when you didn't have any money, who was cashing your checks for you? And I was 
like, those were my checks. Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. You didn't give me any money. I was just remote. I couldn't pay- cash checks. <laughs> what? And she... <laughs> She's beating on my door, calling me all types of names. Then her mom is at the door and is like, come out here right now, young lady. We need to have a conversation. Uh. And then her brother comes to the door <laughs> and is like, Lisa, I don't understand what happened. Like, what's wrong? Like, why are you so upset? And my mom. So at this point, I'm like thinking I'm going to be on Snap. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, they're going to be digging a me-sized hole in the backyard in two seconds. I'm oh. like, I don't know. She just died. So, come on. We got to bury her quick. You know, I'm short. They could probably bury me real fast. Oh. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so, uh, long story short, I live by myself now. <laughs> I mean, do you think that that was like a thought out scam, or that's just a person who is like is like a user? So the user and scammer aren't far apart. So like, there are scams that kind of rely on mechanisms and on institutionalized things that are being exploited. But then there's also scams that just rely on emotional availability, mm-hmm. other people's empathy and opportunity. So I think she was one of those people who was kind of floating by, like scamming other people. And I was like, oh yeah, she's a little bit of a scammer. But you know, I told you I love scammers. I'm into scams. Yeah. But I just never thought that it was going to turn on me, which I should have realized it was going to. Yeah. Because yeah. you talk about on, on your show the death Despo meter. Yeah. And you mentioned f- you were desperate. So can you yeah. explain the Despo meter? So the Despo meter is something we talk about like scamming is all about timing and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So if so- if you catch someone at their most vulnerable, at their most desperate, you are more likely to get them to do something that they wouldn't do than right. any other time. So those key times are like really early in the morning, really late at night when you're like thrown off of your senses. If you're really, really broke, if there's a time constraint, if it's like, oh, if I don't decide in 30 minutes, I'm going to lose this opportunity. Just like jacking up the stakes is what really can get you involved in a scam. So whenever Whenever you feel like something's off or sketchy, take a moment and assess how desperate you are. Yeah. Like, how bad do you want it? Because that might be clouding your judgment onto some things that are, like, <laughs> sketchy. Yeah. yeah. And, like, also this idea of, like, if it's too good to be true. Then it is. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, that's hard in Hollywood. Because sometimes mm, I've yeah. heard something that was too good to be true. And I'm like... I think when you hear something that's too good to be true, you have to go into it just in the way that you loan money. Like, I never loan enough more money than I'm not willing to ever see again. So if I loan you money, I'm I'm like, I'm giving it away. I hope it gets back to me. But if it doesn't, I know that I'll be fine, right? Right. It's the same thing, I think, with scams. Like, if you hear something that's too good to be true, but you're still like, oh, I want to try it. I'll invest, but I might not get it back. Right. I did that. I talked about my show. I did that for um, some people who asked me to do improv for them for 20 minutes for $5,000. And I was like, this can't be real. They sent me their <laughs> website. They sent me all this information. And I was like, and then they wanted, they were shooting in the, like in Burbank, but in like some kind of warehouse district. I was yeah, like, so you're like, I'm about to die. Right. I was like, best case scenario, I get five G's. Worst case scenario, I die. <laughs> <laughs> I and it, and it was real. It was real. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was like, I'll, I'll go with those G's. That's the thing of like, I, the things that are so much work, I don't get paid. It's like, we'll pay you a thousand dollars. And then the things that are like, so little work is like, we'll pay you $10,000. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So your meter from being in entertainment, your meter is just off. Off. You're probably like such an easy mark in that way. Oh yeah. Everyone in the entertainment is. Yeah. And we've all participated in scams. I call them headshots. Um, (laughs) You know, we've all done it. We've all gone to some hack ass photographer 
photographer who once shot Jesse Tyler Ferguson and given him way too much money to make us look like shit. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you pay your dues. But the good thing is, is that if you are like a discerning human being, you'll start being wary of those things pretty quickly. For me, like the parts that's harder than like a, a scam where it's like you could potentially make money is like the scam where you think you're helping somebody. Oh, you know, like those that, are hard. Those are really hard because I don't want to be the type of person that assumes everyone's lying. Mm-hmm. You know, that like this homeless person is scamming me. Like I would rather assume that like, I feel like my dad saw this guy in this in Manhattan and he like needed a a bus ticket to like visit a family member like some very specific story of like a very specific amount mm-hmm. that he needed and like whatever and i think my dad might have given it to him and then like a week later saw him on the same street corner with the same story working that same yeah, you know sob. and like that sucks because like you want you want that to be true <laughs> you know but at a certain point you're like you know what that's a freebie you got me Right. Like yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know what? You you you'd put in the work. But also <laughs> I like to think of those people as employed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You out here explain it's not even like think about that person as like he's doing he's basically the boomer of the GoFundMe age. Like yeah. on GoFundMe, everybody's just putting out their sob story, and most of them are real, and you know, click and send and sharing the link, right? This bra is a walk and GoFundMe. You gotta <laughs> tell the same sob story over and over again on this damn corner all day long. And that's a lot of work. He's on his feet all day. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's true. <laughs> and he, like I like thinking of him as employed. <laughs> That's, That's his job. so funny. He tell the story, you get the money. That's his job. And now he don't always get paid. You know That's what I mean? That's true. How is that different than, I guess, a salesman? Yeah. But I think that there's different p- types. We're all vulnerable to different types of scams. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is like, what can I get out of it? So mm. I feel like if I were to get scammed again, it would definitely be like the the Nigerian prince type, like, wire me the taxes. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, I'm like, what am I going to get? scam. Like, yeah. The idea of, like, you could make money or right. you could get something so what are like the red flags so you don't get scammed um to our listeners yeah red flags are first of all anyone trying to assure you that they're legitimate has your bank ever (laughs) called you and been like hey this is your bank this is a legitimate call and that's not what people do who are legitimate if anyone's like don't be alarmed or (laughs) if anyone offers you codes or numbers like you know what i mean like verification codes or reference numbers like don't believe them that's not a real thing like yeah think about every time you've ever interacted with like your bank or interacted with your credit card company or someone who has like you know secure information about you they're never offering you numbers right or or you i think you've said on your show that um they won't ask you for things they already have the information they will yeah they'll basically be like give me the last four digits of this or blah 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 and even that they don't do a ton of yeah yeah so anybody who's trying to offer you like legitimate you know like legitimate numbers you also you also are allowed to if your bank calls you and you are suspicious you're allowed to be like you know what I'm gonna go in person yeah like you're allowed to say no to them yeah. or you can also say okay I'm gonna call you back on the number exactly. on your website yeah you're allowed a specific to, call and if yeah. you it, you're, it's better to be a thorn in the side than to get scammed exactly also the police aren't gonna call you when the police <laughs> need to see you they gonna pull up you know what I mean yeah so if they ever call you talking about hey you gotta pay this or the Otherwise, we about to come down there and cuff you up. Like, be like, just say cuff me and hang up the phone because <laughs> the police don't do. Con- the police aren't like, hey, are you free for arrest? Like, <laughs> not how police work. 
<laughs> they will come to your home. They will find you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I've seen is people um, with using children in scams. Yeah. Like holding a baby or like using like just because someone is a woman or someone is holding a baby or whatever doesn't mean that they're not scamming you. That's true. But, uh, you know, mothers don't get enough out here. So you, you <laughs> participate know, in I'm that. I know. I'm like, I don't know. I feel so bad. Participate. <laughs> participate. Because yeah. that baby's still a baby. That baby ain't doesn't know it's an accomplice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's getting charged with aiding and abetting. It's just a baby in court. I uh, I had identity theft a couple of years ago, and they stole a Lincoln Navigator from Enterprise. Wow! Yeah, and like using Allison's name and ID, and so then like I got this letter in the mail being like, "Hey, please return this Lincoln Navigator that you took a month ago." <laughs> and I was like, "I didn't take a Lincoln Navigator," and I like went to the police, and I was like, "You know, they they use my identity, like whatever." And the police was like, "Okay, yeah, file this." And my mom was like, "How the fuck do they know you didn't steal the Lincoln Navigator?" That's true. <laughs> she was like, "Why'd they believe you?" Why did they believe because you? Because little white, I'm a girl. white girl. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But so now that's a potential scam. You that's guys. a new hot that's scam. A, guys. Yeah. You're just you have a bunch of cars. <laughs> I have so many cars, and every I time was... I'm like, they got me again. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. The elusive they is very funny. Yeah. Damn, I'm just go to Enterprise right now. And just give me a Lexus, and they're uh-huh. like, that wasn't me, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it clearly works. Enterprise is not top notch security. Yeah. Right what did they have a picture of the person like a security camera photo of the person who rented it i have no idea all i know is i was put on a do not rent list and then it happened again so yes they were like do not rent to allison raskin and then this person used her identity to rent again again. it seems like it yeah i had like i had like the personal email of someone like high up on their securities fraud who was like oh man again like (laughs) (laughs) i my other experience and that so like i don't know what this counts as if it's like a scam or like Years ago, I was, like, alone in my apartment, um, and I got this, like, phone call, and it was this guy being like, hi, like, I'm a director. Oh, God. <laughs> Already See? a problem. Oh, Already. no. Oh, I remember this. And he was like, I got your information from this acting coach that you'd gotten done a class with. And okay. so I was like, oh, okay, so clearly he, this is real, because he knows I did right. classes with this person. And then he would, like proceeded to talk to me about this like opportunity for this movie in Italy and all these things and like and then started like asking me to like describe myself and like at a certain point I was like I okay I I have been fooled (laughs) (laughs) but like what do you like what is is that a scam or what is that just like exploit exploited is that a sex thing yeah I know it was clearly I think that but I don't know how to clarify it. And he yeah. would call me for a long time afterwards. What he Was he like kind of flirty with you on the phone? No, he would or act it... like I was being insane for not being okay with the questions. So he, he was, was gaslighting you. Yeah, he was oh, gaslighting me. Yeah. And it also, it took me a really long time to figure out that he knew that I took classes with that acting coach because he had clearly just like found a copy of my headshot somewhere. Right, online or somewhere. Oh, and then, yeah. Yeah, and that was a big thing that we all kind of had to get warned about as women is like take your phone number off your headshot, mm-hmm. take your email off your head shot men in the industry especially it's so fucking sad here's the weird thing about it too is is like oh this is problematic let me see if i can phrase this in a way that is not problematic <clears throat> oh go for it we love that on this show Ooh, i'm gonna try it if i get it wrong uh my name is scarlett johansson uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So in the acting industry, there is and used to be more prevalent a kind of quid pro quo. If you were dating someone in the industry, perhaps they could get you a role. It's still not non-existent. I know people who are married to performers who will write them into their shows. Of course. Mm -hmm. And that that is not as gross, obviously, because it's like I'm supporting my wife, I'm supporting my husband, but it is still like we have a romantic relationship and now I'm giving you work, Mm -hmm. right? So that has always kind of existed in the seedy nature of this industry. Um, And it's weird because some men with no opportunities whatsoever will prey on women who have no idea how the industry works just Mm -hmm. to try to get something out of them. That's happened to me once. I I went on a date with a guy who tried to tell me that he was going to put me in a movie that was already out. (laughs) (laughs) What movie? It was, oh God, I don't even think either of you have probably heard of this movie. It's called True to the Game. It's based off of, have you ever heard of those, have you ever heard of Zane? No. Zane are these like black people sex novel books. Oh. Yeah. And so they're like, this is true to the game isn't one of those, but it's in the kind of same category of like, kind of like Christian Grey or like all those kind Uh of tacky ass. Okay. Yeah. So it's like one of those tacky ass, low rent, poorly acted, we don't got no plot for real, just gonna be some fucking and maybe some people getting shot. Uh, Yeah. Exciting. That kind of movie. (laughs) So we went to Yezebel and had dinner and drinks. His friend came up and like I, th- I know I've seen this friend's face before, and I don't know where, but he kind of talked to us for a second, and then he kind of disappeared. Then the same friend called him later uh, and was like, "Oh, I got a role for your friend in this movie that's this already is, out." Wait, this might be kind of good as like like, you like if you're, this scam. I like it because if you're dating, <laughs> you want to see and you want to seem cool to the person you're going on a date with. I have Allison roll up and oh, be like, yeah. hey, I heard congratulations about your huge movie deal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And then you're like, so good to see you. And then you leave. And then the girl is like, what movie deal? I'm like, oh, I didn't want to say. It's so embarrassing. Oh. I'm like a millionaire. This has turned into us just pitching scams for people to do. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I need to know the end of this director thing, though. I think I eventually, I, I like, hug up, and I, I felt so, like, dirty and violated afterwards. And I, like, oh, no. and then he, like, kept, he would, like, keep calling from this, like, unknown number. And I would know if I was, like, getting an unknown call sometimes, I would, like, answer it. And he would act like, he would continue to act like I was being insane. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and there's no way to know, like, what his real name was. I have no was, idea who or, he is. And it was uh, a movie in Italy. Uh, I think he was the producer, and I had to know if I was okay with the director, like, being Italian. What, what? the fuck does that mean? Like, touching me and stuff. Ah! <laughs> you know, when you Italian, when you gotta Italian. touch everybody. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, so we probably should have addressed this at the beginning. But what got you into scams? What got me into scams was is I really just liked the kind of confidence that scammers have. I personally believe that, I guess this is for myself, <gasps> I know that I am going to be wildly successful. I'm already quite successful, but like I'm going to be like household name, can't close your eyes without seeing my face successful. And I've known that my entire life. And so when people don't give me those opportunities early on, I was sometimes I'd be like, you know what, I'll just wait my turn. And then sometimes like, nah, I belong here. I'm coming. Uh-huh. And so it just came from me being like, I don't want to wait until y'all all catch up to where I am in my in my head. And so I just started scamming because I was like, and it was mostly just like events and like like people, I don't scam people for money. Oh, like trying to get I don't into rob places. places. Or go no, places. yeah, no. I've been. I was at the uh, 
Fox Emmys party with people's Emmys uh, two years ago. I stopped doing that because I started acting really professionally. Wait, so I was like, I can't do that anymore. Emmys? So you got into scamming through actually scamming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I meant yes. what made you interested in it. Oh. And you were like, no, no, I'm a scammer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fully am a scammer. But there's certain scams that I retired because I was like, okay, I am a professional actor. So I can't do these things because it's gauche. Um, but when I was still kind of like figuring out the industry yeah. and stuff, it was like, fuck it, I deserve to be here. I'm, I belong here. I'm going to uh, do things like. So you did like a lot of like identity scamming where you would pretend that you were invited places and yeah. like party crashing and that sort of stuff. Yeah, tons of party crashing. Um, it's a bit easier to party yeah. crash, I will say, as a hot girl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like there's like certain I I my friend was on Conan not to rat out Conan but I, my friend was on Conan and he was like yeah just come to the lot and like see me on Conan and I just walked in with no and then he was yep. like how'd you get in here and I was like I just walked in yeah. and he was like wow being pretty really just yeah, like it does. you can just nobody stopped you and I was like nope because nobody's going to be like, we don't want a hot girl backstage. Right. Everyone like, wants a hot girl backstage. Yeah. <laughs> this makes sense. Your breasts are here. You're supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, but I had, if I was like a guy, they would have been like. Oh, they would have tackled them on. and like maced yeah. them. <laughs> I got to try to sneak into more places. You do. You, you just truly gotta, do, Alice. You just yeah, have to right? act like you belong. And okay. I'm really impressed with everything. Like, just unimpressed? Wa- unimpressed. If yeah. you see security, you don't stop because why would they stop you? Like, yes, you just, I do that. If you yeah. give anyone any type of excuse, um, it usually works like mm-hmm. if you're skipping a line or something like that. you can oh, literally like a, cut yeah. a line and be like i'm so sorry my car is running do you mind and then right. they'll let you know like that, that doesn't make any sense but they'll let you skip yeah. yeah i used to try to get into stuff or go into stuff just by walking in like mm-hmm. at the ucb in new york like i would just walk in the backstage yeah and like it's just if you just walk and don't this has never occurred to me and it makes me <laughs> i'm like sweating thinking about really it. <laughs> yeah because i hate the idea of being somewhere where like i'm not supposed to be because I guess, like, I like I, I also have this weird thing with, like, industry stuff where, like, I don't want to go until I've earned it. Where, like, oh. I don't want to go till like, they've actually invited me. See, I used to... <sighs> I don't. I don't care about that. <laughs> I was gonna and try to like relate. Me, so oh, maybe. bye, bye, girl. You got books. Get out of here. Um, you got TV shows. <laughs> so, but no, I get that. I think now I don't do it uh, because I'm like I don't want to be a weirdo. Like I, I will get invited to this. I'll just wait my turn. But when I was younger in the game, yeah. I like just had no clue how to like yeah. you know really make a career for mm-hmm. myself. And it's not like I would go to these events and try to talk to people about work. I just go and have a good time. I, I, I got a thrill up my leg from being like I am. Not not supposed to be here. <laughs> I am not supposed to have this swag bag. I am not supposed to get in this Lincoln with Lakeith Stanfield, but here I am. Like I, I used to like do that more than, I take more than one free candy at a restaurant. I'm like, oh no. I <laughs> like run in. out the door. But society depends on your personality yes. type. Yes. We you. need you. We Thank can't you. all be <laughs> It'd be chaos and anarchy. When I lived in New York, I snuck into so there was like a private dinner. For Christina Hendricks, Neil Patrick Harris, Stephen Colbert, and someone else were in a a showing of Company, Stephen Sondheim's Company at Lincoln Center. And it was like thousands of dollars a ticket to go. And it was like just mostly famous people. Uh, And I... And I knew that they were setting up like the dinner afterwards where it was like literally, I mean, it was like Alec Baldwin, like Hamish Bowles from Vogue, like all these like super and then like Colbert and Christianity, all these people were going to be there. And I came in the back and sat in like hung out in the cater waiter area. 
And then and then waited in the bathroom while they set up and then everyone came in. And then I went in and I thought that I could sit at a table. I thought it was going to be a party. Oh, but it was but a then side it was seating. A uh. sign seating. Oh, so shit. I just hung out until everyone I hung out as people got drinks. And then when they were like, OK, everyone, time to sit for the dinner. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And so I was like, yeah, I can't. And then they the people were like. I, I was like, oh, I, I don't know where my seat is. And they were like, what's your name? And I was like, I have to go. And I just left. I, but I was there for like a while. But you took it as far as you could I take it. I took it as far as yes. I could take it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> it was, it was Patently ridiculous. Well, I I feel like we've taught the audience a lot about how to not get scammed, but also how to scam. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what my show does. <laughs> Would you like to play a game show? Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Okay. This game show is called Hypotheticals. You and Gabby are the contestants. I'm the game master. So I'm going to give you each hypothetical situations. You can ask questions, uh, and then you have to decide what you would do in this scenario. Okay. Our first game is America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Your face just looks so delighted. (laughs) I want to know who. During a costume party, your significant other of three years hooks up with the wrong person by mistake thinking it was you. The only problem is you did not even go to the party because you were out of town on a work trip. Would you stay with this cheater? So he knows that there is no possibility that you were there. He or she thought that you were surprising them at the party. Why? What costume was it? It was one of those blow-up dinosaur ones. So they fucked me while I was dressed like a blow-up dinosaur? Well, it wasn't you. How did they get... Up, up. How'd they get in there? (laughs) Allison, how'd they get in there? They had a knife. And just they, for the suit, not to get into you. And they cut it open and then just, just a tiny, like a Swiss Army knife, just a tiny little hole. Okay. <laughs> so if they thought it was me, did they use a condom? No. Oh, oh. that's rough. Also, why not? So it's, so they didn't. So they didn't talk at all. It wasn't like that. So it was just like, mm, do me. right. Like, is there a fetish for the dinosaur? Well, believe it or not, someone was scamming them and pretending to be you. Whoa. Oh. And they they knew that if I got if I was there, I would have dressed as the dinosaur. So they know all me. All year you're talking about how you love those dinosaur costumes. <laughs> oh, okay. And all you want to do is go to a party in a dinosaur costume. <laughs> how how rich how rich is my spouse? Very rich. Ooh. I'm a, I'm a, you know, after a screening, I'm gonna take them back. <laughs> um and to clarify that was an S T D screening. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I wouldn't stay with this cheater because I think maybe they're stupid. Well, Gabby, you made the wrong choice because your significant other went on to write a hit movie about being scammed at that party. Ooh. And they made billions billions of dollars, <laughs> billions of dollars. from their one feature film. <laughs> Here's our next game. Are they an alien or just rude? While out one night, you flag down a cab. When the cab driver sees you, they ask you to wear a medical mask. They do not ask your date to wear one. Only you. Is this person an alien or just rude? Can you ask why? Can you ask them why? And they say, I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say alien. Because I don't think that's rude. Yeah. You don't think it's rude if you got in a cab (laughs) and the cab driver said, hey, can you specifically put on this medical mask? 
I mean, I would. As long as it was in plastic, that's going to protect me. I guess I just think about myself first. I'm like, well, I don't know. If you think I have something, fine. But if you have something, I'd yeah. rather. If I'm the person that, <clears throat> if I'm the date and I'm not getting asked, I'd be like, do you want me to die? Like, what's yeah. going on? Oh, see, I would assume that the that the driver thought that I I had something. Yes. And that they, that my date was healthy and I had something. Oh, oh that's, not, that's not my first assumption. <laughs> I- <laughs> I was just talking to someone about how uh, in China there's so much like surveillance that people will wear uh, those masks just so you don't get facial recognition. That makes sense to me. And you Ooh. know what? That's why the cab driver did it. Woo! Because you're about to start your spy life. You're about to be activated. Whoa! Oh. So, so they the alien. So they were No, it's a it's a, a, it's spy. a person's a C, it's a, they're in the CIA. Okay, so they weren't an alien or <laughs> they were in the CIA. They were just in the CIA. Look, this game doesn't have a linear progression. <laughs> Here's our final one. Would you lie or tell the truth? Oh, I love this one. Your favorite parent, you can keep it to yourself, <laughs> starts to do stand up. And it's very bad, but people are laughing very hard at them, so they think it's good. Afterwards, they ask you what they what you thought, clearly pleased with themselves. Would you lie or tell the truth? Why was the audience laughing? Because your parent was so bad. But I mean, they, doesn't that count as good? It counts. Though? Uh, but that's like Dan Cook. That's what Dan Cook's whole career <laughs> was just like very <laughs> bad stand up. That people were like, Haha, I can't believe he came over here with no jokes. Like, burn. <laughs> that's okay. I'm not defending Dan Cook, but I don't think that that's true. <laughs> It was a sick burn, though. He came up with lots of enthusiasm and no jokes. <laughs> but That's like, so true. But, like, your parents' jokes were just, like, it was, like, uncomfortable after. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Um, do you lie or keep it to yourself? Do people know that they're my parent? Yes. So it's getting linked to me? Mm-hmm. I would, I would set a boundary of, I don't, I don't like this. And You this would is- crush <clears throat> their, their dreams of stand-up? You know what? My dad is 75 years old. He's had time to have dreams. Okay. He's the one who spent 40 years drunk and missed out on him. So I don't know why I have to suffer. Damn, your dad was drunk for 40 years and lived to be 75? My dad is alive despite all all evidence. What all was he drinking? The, I mean, Crown Royal. Okay. And then, <laughs> Let me get and a pen and paper out. A lot of cocaine. What I think is interesting okay. is we just learned that your dad is your favorite parent. Yeah. No, because you know my mom would, I, not favorite, but you know that my mom would not do stand-up. My mom would know better. And my dad would absolutely yeah, start doing stand-up. Yeah, but this is hypothetical world. Yeah. Guys, I asked this question because my dad is going to start doing stand-up. No. And I really needed your support. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh my God! For coming on the show, Lacey. Where can everybody find you, guys? Uh, you can find me at D I V A L A C I Diva Lacey on all platforms, Instagram and Twitter. And guys, listen to my show, Scam Goddess, on Earwolf. It's um, so good. Yeah, and you can follow us at Scam Goddess Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to email us your scams, please make sure they're retired because we don't want to fuck up your money game. Uh, or if you've been scammed and you want to share it with us, we will laugh with you, not at you. Uh, Scam Goddess Pod at gmail.com. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Stick around after the break. We'll be talking all about porn. Lacey, you can stay if you want. to just between us it's time for topic x x x x x x x x x baby maybe 
this week, I wanted to talk about pornography. Yes, why? I think it's a very uh, hot button issue, and also it's it's people have very strong opinions about it. And then I don't know where I fall. Like it's an it's a topic where I literally I don't know what the right opinion is to have about it, and, sure. I, and I don't know what I believe. <laughs> this is going to be kind of one I feel like where we're not going to solve it. No, and I but I think it's part of it is that like you can't solve it. Yeah, because so let's let's go over the the arguments around this. So as we know, porn is when no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that got me. That got you. me good. Porn has obviously changed a lot, right? Because back in the day, it was like dirty photos, you know? Sure. And like your access to it was limited. Yeah. And I would say, look, I think it's very normal for kids to be sexually curious and to want to see things before they're potentially taking part in things. Right. And I think that that's like fine and great. I think that there has become an issue with the accessibility of porn and potentially teaching younger kids an unrealistic idea of what sex is like. Yeah. And making it hard for people to actually engage in the moment with their actual partners. Yeah. If they are heavily reliant on porn. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think people should be allowed to do whatever they want. And I believe in sexual freedom. And I think that it's a way for a lot of people to make a great living. Yeah. And it's an industry and in like... I don't want to make people not have jobs. So, <laughs> right. Well, the big, I mean, I was going to say my like big opinion was like probably pay, pay for it. Oh, like, interesting. If you can, if you have the means, like those people are working. So like you should pay for what, for what you're consuming. So you, your issue is with free porn. Yeah. With like the, the devaluing of the work. And so people are just entitled. Like, like you said, it's so um, available that people are like entitled to these things that like the, the actual performers are not getting any money from. Mm -hmm. I don't love that. And what do you think about people who think that, uh, that the porn industry takes advantage of women? I mean, why do you say it takes advantage of why? Why isn't anybody upset about like like it taking advantage of men? Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't anybody like nobody's everyone's so so concerned trolling about the women that work in porn, but nobody's ever like, but think of the gay men. Like nobody's (laughs) ever like the poor bottoms. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how come it's it becomes rooted then in like purity culture and like slut shaming in a lot of ways do i think the industry is perfect no is every industry perfect no fucking wendy's takes advantage of its employees (laughs) like every industry is is exploitative you can't it's almost impossible to work in an industry that doesn't have problems Mm -hmm. there's it's just a matter of like feeling nervous because it has to do with like nudity and sex and Mm -hmm. whatever but i don't like that it's become very I mean, I I think there's like a rise in amateur stuff. So those people are probably um, more in control of what goes on and what they're doing. And um, there's a little bit less of like a reliance on the gatekeepers. So that I think is nice. But it is like it is because it's so accessible and aggregated. I I feel like I, I feel like if we had a performer in here, they would say that they're not getting as much money from based on like the views of their work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I bet it's super like incompatible now. I don't know if it's wrong of me to like view some porn differently than other porn when it gets to be like these levels of things. Like, I guess what worries me is when you hear about people becoming desensitized. So it's like, 
They oh, start. Yeah. They start off at amateur porn. Then they go to girl on girl. Then they go to group sex. Then they go, you know, and like, sure. and then suddenly they're like watching things that like horrify themselves. <laughs> yeah, you can go down a rabbit hole. And so like that, that feels yeah, a little scary and yucky to me. Where like I, I worry about like having kids who fall into the rabbit hole. Part of me is like that is a problem with parents not wanting to parent. Like, they don't want to have the sex talk with their kid. They don't want to, like, you know, they don't want to acknowledge that their kid is a sexual being. So they don't want to answer any questions or or intervene in any way or or talk to them about this stuff. So the kid feels like they can't talk to the parent. So they just start Googling crazy shit. Yeah, but I also think that there's plenty of adults out there who find themselves going down these rabbit holes. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I don't know how to say, like, okay, I think it's okay if you watch this stuff, but not that stuff. You know, like, it's so gray. Well, and I'm also like, oh, but then the super violent stuff, maybe you're getting it out of your system this way, and that way it's not, like, filtering out into your job at, I almost said Blockbuster Video, which isn't (laughs) a place anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, But that might be true for... Bob, but then for Bill, he's like, oh, I want to act this out, you know? Yeah. And so I. If it's fantasy, though, you know what I mean? Like, if you find a willing partner and it's fantasy, it can't, it, I don't think it's bad. The big difference is like consent and like the acknowledgement that this is a fantasy versus being like, I know I want this to be real. Yeah. I want real fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I, I have just known people who have, have stopped watching because they can see how it's harmful for them and oh, how sure. it's, it's getting in the way of their own their own happiness and sex life. It's super individual, super individual. Right. And like in some ways it was help. I mean, I wasn't looking at porn in high school, but I, I had uh, romance novels <laughs> like that, like people, my mom's friends or like my, you know, like uh, at like their houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't visual, but it was like graphic. And yeah. I was like a lot of stroking. A lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of uh, uh, turgid members being stroked. And I was like, ah, like, okay. And I think it was helpful in terms of, like, figuring out being queer. Mm. You know, even, like, fan fiction and stuff. Like, being like, okay, like, figuring out, like, queerness. Uh, But I was too scared to, like, see any visual stuff. (laughs) Like, I was like, I just need to read about it. Like, when you can't see the horror movie, you just read the Wikipedia page. Like, that's what I was doing. I guess I just get worried that there's, like, um, people are getting exposed to stuff they're not ready to see. I know. And I don't know if I was... younger kids, I don't know if I was ready to see that stuff. Right. Or or read about that stuff. Because I feel like... um, Kids will, like, share links with each other or watch things as a group. And so suddenly, like, you know, you're the one kid who's, like, not there yet or not wanting to watch this gang rape. Like, you know, like, but there's this, like, kind of feeling of, like, come on, this is what sex is, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's, like, probably one of the murkiest areas in the world. (laughs) It is super murky. And, and like, well, I think even, like, the romance novels and stuff that I was reading or the fan fiction Mm -hmm. or whatever— um, was unrealistic in the sense of like, of like, oh, these two characters are in love and now they bone all day. Right. And so then in and my it mind. Goes super well from the very every beginning. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to pee. There's nothing gross that happens. It must be similar with porn where like it was this unrealistic thing of like, oh, yes. And sex goes perfectly every time because it it goes perfectly every time in this story that I'm reading. And I think then when stuff, when you start actually having sex and stuff doesn't go well, you're devastated. Yeah. And I think there's like a pressure to sort of like live up to what they've seen on the screen, even though that's just so not realistic. 
I know. I wish I've heard someone make this comparison and I wish that it was I wish it was more known, which is like you you watch porn and then and then you have sex and those are different things, just like you watch Fast and the Furious and then you drive your car and you understand that those are different things. Oh, yeah. I like I think maybe that's the way to approach it, like with people and kids and stuff. Yeah. You know. Because it's I, fantasy. Yeah. And like making that clear. Because I would never want to be like, you can't look at porn to yeah. my kid. But I, I would want them to understand how much of it is fantasy. Yeah. And just like making sure that they know that they can ask you or talk to you or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're not going to be like weird or make fun of them or anything like that. Have you ever had a porn negatively affect your relationship? I had one boyfriend who he he had a hard time getting hard because of porn. He mm-hmm. said. He said, I don't know, but he said it was because uh, he watched too much porn that he couldn't get hard. Um, and I was like, well, that it, it makes me feel like garbage. <laughs> um, and then and then I also but then I also had a boyfriend who didn't watch any porn and never did and never. And I like I found that strange, too. <laughs> Why would you find it strange? I was just like, are you human? Like, what's wrong with you? But See, that's a bad, that's really I judgmental know. and harmful. I know. And then he, I was like, you find your own thoughts so sexy that, you, <laughs> that you're able, like, I was like, you're so uh, turned on by your own imagination. Weird. <laughs> but that's, but like, that, that should have been like, awesome. awesome. I know, I know. Uh, I just was like, I think, but that was like a problem, right? Where I had been raised to think like, mm-hmm. oh, all boys look at porn. Right. And also like it you know and also kind of in relationships it's been good at opening some doors like I like to be like what kind of stuff do you watch? And then if they answer then it's like oh that's interesting and then they can like say like is that something you would want or is that something that you just like enjoy seeing in mm-hmm. fantasy and it's not like real. But also sometimes it's super funny what people watch because <laughs> you wouldn't expect it. Like what? Uh like one dude that I dated uh watched Scooby Doo porn. Like porn of the characters from Scooby-Doo? Animated. Oh, no, no, no. People dressed as the characters from Scooby-Doo. And then I'm assuming that was your Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, uh, I can't believe your question wasn't, please tell me the, the dog wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I assume the dog had to be there. Uh, I think someone was dressed as the dog. Okay. All it's, right. It lends itself to more questions than it answers. <laughs> like, I don't judge any of that stuff. So like, don't judge them unless they don't watch porn and then they're a fucking I, loser. I was wrong. I was wrong. That was wrong of me. <laughs> Tamika, want to come on in and talk about porn? I doubt it, but we want you to come in anyway. Does this conversation make you so uncomfortable? Well, I was going to just say I have nothing to say. I think that's what makes me uncomfortable. When I get on this this side of the studio, I want to say interesting things and I have nothing to say about porn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I was going to ask if it's affected a relationship ever. Mm-mm. Wow. So you, so great. So your relationships are all wonderful and perfect and me and Allison are over here being fuck-ups. <laughs> I think we just have different issues. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many problems you can have in a relationship. That's true. What well, do you um, rate this episode? I would rate this one 9 out of 10 scams. Yeah, because do we want people to be scammers or do we want people to avoid getting scammed or do we want both? 
And do we know when we are ready to be in love? What do we think about porn? I don't know. This was a much vaguer episode than others. Yeah, we didn't solve shit here. We really didn't. But we asked a lot of questions. And it's the journey. Like, we had a good time, you know? Yeah, I laughed. The scam was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> uh, Lacey's so wonderful. I just like being around Lacey. Oh, my God. She's so funny. She's so great. I love the way that she tells a story. I love that she always knew that she's going to be super successful. God, that we, was so awesome to hear. I love that. And I just love like the she had me hooked with that scamming story. <laughs> hooked. Like I was like, you are a natural born entertainer. Yeah, we should give her this show. I mean, truly, does she does she want to does she want to come and just do this every week with us? <laughs> Not even with us. Just, oh, we're fired. Yeah, just by herself. Uh, I I rate it uh, eight out of eight lust crushes. Mm. I had never heard it described as that, and I and I enjoyed it. And I was trying to come up with a portmanteau like lustes or something. Lust lustes. Lusties. Lusties. I give it eight out of eight lusties. <laughs> that sounds like an award. Yeah. The award for crush you never act on. Did we learn anything? Um, I learned that it's dangerous to have empathy. <laughs> a thing I always suspected. <laughs> Thank you so much to Lacey Mosley for being a guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Gabby Dunn. And me, Allison Raskin. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our killer theme music. Our producer is Tamika Witherspoon. Our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Lusty. <laughs> Lusties? Scams. Oh, my God. Stitcher.